right, guys, welcome to Elevate. It's so awesome to see you guys here, and I'm just so excited to come and just worship Jesus and lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? So I want to begin to ask you just to prepare your hearts for worship. Just stand up on your feet and just get ready to give Jesus an awesome praise. Amen? He's worthy. All righty. If we could just clap our hands together. Ready? One, two, ready, go.
you guys to lift up your voice
just right now in this room, I just, I just ask that everybody would just lift up their hands. Lift up their hands right now and surrender to God. Jesus, we come to worship you. We've come to know more about you. We've come to get closer to you, Lord. Just in your own words right now, just, just talk to God. Just talk to God right now. Say what he means to you. Tell him what he means to you. Lord, you're the everything of my life. Lord, you're the everything of my life. Oh, Lord, I worship you for who you are. You are good. Your mercy, your mercy is so amazing. Your grace is so amazing. How you would change a person like me. How you would change people in this room. Oh, Lord God, where we once were lost, you've taken us out from that place, God. And you set us in high places, Lord. You've transformed us, Lord. You've set us ablaze, God. You've made us born again, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. You are so good. Right now, just thank God for three things in your life. Just thank God for three things in your life. If you're not, if you're not used to praying, just think of three things that you would consider great things in your life, blessings in your life. Just think of three things. Oh, Lord, God, we thank you for it, Lord. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. generation to be believers for you, warriors for you, soldiers for you, God, because it is possible, God, because that's what you call, God. You've called us, God. You've called us to be disciples, Lord. You've called us to go after you, and so we thank you, God. We thank you for today, God, and of our special guest speaker, God, and just today, Lord, we ask that you would be in every single moment of the, of the service, God. Have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, and everybody said, hallelujah. Woo! Please greet your neighbor. I know it's kind of like last moment here, but greet your neighbor next to you. And just say, yo, what's up? My name is whatever, you know. Just let them know who you are. And you guys may find your way back to your seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's so great to see 
both life groups come out to elevate. This is what we do. This is how we are. Hallelujah. All right, when I say elevate, you say what, what, right? Elevate. Elevate. No, 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 that's some weak sauce in here, okay, because this is elevate. This is for the teenagers. This is for the youth, all right? So we need to go to the next level today, right? Elevate. Elevate. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. Elevate is every Friday at 7 o'clock, okay? So if you know some young people, if you see them on the streets, you say to them, hey, come on, I'm going to take you to Elevate. I'm going to show you guys what it is to serve the Lord because that's what we do every single Friday. Uh, so today is our special service today, and this is just part of the, of the whole entire weekend. So today we have our special speaker today with us at Elevate, and then on Sunday, there's going to be two services at 10 o'clock and at 1 o'clock. We have those two services for you guys. Yeah, please go to that next slide, please. And I just want you guys to see this. This is all this weekend, so please invite your family. Invite them. Tell them what we're doing. If you're not used to coming on Sundays, if you're not used to that, then please come out this Sunday because you don't want to miss it. Today's our outreach service, but on Sunday we're going to have our impartation service. Everybody say impartation. All right, next slide, next slide, next slide. All right, so here at Elevate, we have some prizes. The first prize is if you bring a visitor, you get candy for you and for your friend. Our second prize tier is bring the most visitors to the end of June, come for free to our mission trip. That is real, that is happening. Today is that last Friday. And the last prize that you can win today is this. Bring the most friends on an E-night and win a $25 gift card to the hip. Everybody say 25 bucks. Now that's for real, you can just, somebody's gonna win that tonight. We just gotta tally them up, see who got the most visitors, and then literally somebody's gonna have that gift card. All right, here at Elevate, we have a vision. Everybody say vision. Our vision is to love God and love people. Those are the two greatest commands in the Bible. We love God of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. Also here at Elevate, we have a strategy. Everybody say strategy. All right, the first part of our strategy is called connect. We connect you to the cross. We connect you to getting, uh, knowing Jesus. And then the second part is mentor. Mentoring. So once you get connected to Jesus, you get to learn who Jesus is. You get to learn how to live like Jesus. And we do that through the one-on-one. And then once you graduate the one-on-one, you get to the two-on-one. So we're doing this. We're making sure that people understand this, man, that this is important to us. This is deliberate. This is what we're doing. It is our strategy. And the last part of our strategy is send. Everybody say send. We send our disciples to make other disciples, to go and evangelize, to go and lead ministries, to go and be a part of ministries. This is our heart. This is our vision for the city, and this is our heart and our vision for the youth of this, of this city as well. Also, we have a goal. Everybody say go. Our goal is to have 50 churches in Chicago with 100,000 disciples and 500 churches around the world. If you believe that, say what, what? Yeah, you see what I'm talking about, man? We're all part of this. All right, everybody, please stand up. Stand on up. Here at Elevate, we believe in tithes and offerings. Obviously, we believe in tithes and offerings. We're part of this church. We believe wholeheartedly in what this is all about. A tithe is 10% of your total income, and an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. Today, we have a, an example. Any, any mathematician want to guess what 10% of $222 is? Anybody want to guess? Anybody want to guess? What is it? $22.20. Is that correct? Oh, everybody give it up. Yeah. 
Awesome, awesome. All right, well, we're going to repeat this after me. One, two, three. Acts 20.35. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night, Lord, and we thank you for what you're going to do throughout the skit in a few moments, Lord, and we thank you for the guest speaker that's here, God. I pray that your presence would just be so thick and so tangible, and I just ask, God, that you would bless the giver right now. Let, the, let it just be increased to them a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, everybody said, awesome. You guys can come up and give.
finds me crying in the rain All alone with my demons I am Who is this man that comes my way The dark ones shriek, they scream his name Is this the one they say Let's give it up one more time for the skid team. Way to go, guys. Woo! That was awesome. Hey, it's so good to have you guys here. Look at your neighbor and say you're awesome. Man, isn't God good? And aren't you glad to be in church on a Friday night? I'm so glad that you guys packed out this place. My name is Joe Rostick. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm honored that you guys are here with the Elevate. Amen. Elevate you service tonight is going down. You've already had some awesome worship. You've already seen a tremendous skit. They did such a good job. And now you're going to hear from an awesome man of God. On my Facebook, I gave an introduction to Pastor Gary Grogan. And I would just like to read it for you now. He'll be preaching with us Sunday morning as well at the 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. service. So I want you to come back Sunday morning. How, believe, how many of you believe it's good to go to church on Sunday? Okay, so I want all of you to come back with your families on Sunday. He'll be preaching again. And this conference is Discover Your Purpose. Everybody say, Discover Your Purpose. Thank you. But I want you to know that Pastor Gary Grogan is not just a guest speaker. He is not just somebody coming in and doing something wonderful for us, though that would be awesome, anybody that would come and carry God's word. But rather, he is a man of God with impeccable character and a longevity in the ministry that all of us ministers look up to. 
And I really want to take tonight, Friday night, because no one has anywhere to go tonight, to really honor Pastor Grogan, because I know Sunday time will be short. So I'll ask that someone would sit with these young men to help them know how to behave in church as I prepare to read this, <laughs> which I have on Facebook. Chris, you can help them with that. Very rarely in life do you meet someone that has genuinely, genuinely cared about people without being tainted with selfish ambition, especially among pastors. Sadly, today in ministry, it's even more prevalent to be overwhelmed by burdens so that you are incapable of loving selflessly. I believe this is in the ministry because the ministers have so many loads to carry themselves that oftentimes they don't take their loads and bring them to Jesus. I can even relate to this as a pastor. However, the first time I met Pastor Gary Grogan, it was not that way. It was at North Central University where my best friends, Wayne and Eddie, were graduating. And they were excited to serve as interns under his ministry at Stone Creek Church, Assembly of God in Urbana, Illinois. His genuine smile and exuberant hug reminded me why church has the most loving people on earth. How many believe that? How many believe there may be messes in church, but the best kind of people are in church? I remember what that felt like to be hugged, to be loved by this man of God. Not too long afterward, I went out to visit Wayne and Eddie to see how they were doing serving at their church with Pastor Grogan reaching out to the U of I, doing the outreach for the college campus with uh, Terry Austria, Pastor Grogan's college campus. And there, I was amazed not just by his heart for the church, I was amazed for his heart for people as he invited me, a total stranger, into his home. It was there in his home that I began to realize that hospitality and that fellowship and joy wasn't just a side issue of the church. It was the very fact of why Christ saved us to begin with. You see, at this point in my life, I was a kind of radical preacher that didn't understand fellowship, hanging out and having fun. I thought soul winning and just making disciples was the end. That's all Christ wanted us to do. But Pastor Gary Grogan showed me in his home with hospitality and with love for me that evangelism and discipleship are not the end of the Christian life. They're just the means to the Christian life. And the end is loving God and loving people. You see, this pastor took me into his home. It wasn't just because I was friends with Wayne and Eddie. It wasn't just because I was a pastor myself. It was because his very nature is full of love and hospitality. You see, Christ dwelling within him carries on the ancient tradition of fellowship, entertaining strangers, bringing in those who cannot pay you back. And that's why today his church is so successful with thousands of members, the most multicultural church I have ever been to. And honestly, I can tell you that his experiences in my life and his advice in my life have forever changed me. Here are some of the things that I've gained from Pastor Gary Grogan over the years. Some of the quotes that you've heard me say. I wish I could tell them all, but here's just a few. No condo, no bondo. Everybody say, no condo, no bondo. <laughs> Pastor Grogan taught us that. All the young minister learned, learned that from him, that there's no condemnation in Christ. There's no bondage in Christ. That whoever comes to Christ is free from the shackles of chain. Inwardly, we're free from our sins, and outwardly, we're free from the bondages that other people can place on us. 
He did Nancy and I's pre-marriage counseling and also performed our wedding ceremony. And we got to see his great marriage demonstrated between him and his wife, Bonnie, for how many years now? 42 years with two children that served the Lord. Amen. He taught us in marriage that mature Christians make mature marriages. There's a problem in your marriage. There's a problem most likely in your Christianity, in your walk with God. He then taught us in ministry. One of my best friends, his spiritual son, who has done countless outreaches across the country, and the big one in New Orleans, which Pastor Grogan still attends, he taught all of us young ministers this principle. You preach, you pray, and you plug away. You never give up. You hold on to the convictions of the Word of God. You don't let Supreme Courts deter you. You don't let the things of men deter you. You pray as you preach, and then you plug away. And his successful ministry, which has brought him around the world to countless nations from the Congo to India to having nations have their services. Francophone ministry from Africa has their ministry stationed in his church as well as Latino ministry having services. He has demonstrated that. And not only that, but there are hundreds, literally today, hundreds that call him a spiritual father and mentor. And then lastly, for men living pure lives. How many believe men, we need men to look up to, to live pure lives? I remember Pastor Grogan sharing to us young men with tears in his eyes, saying, never cheat on your wife. Never take advantage of the ministry and the people that are there. Even to this day, I've had friends stumble and fall with interns in their ministry. God have mercy. But he looked to us with tears down his eyes, and this is what he said to us, this last saying. He said, stay humble. Stay holy, and the rest of it you have to get from me personally. But those things that he taught us have changed Nancy and I's life. And though in 10 years he hasn't come to our main services, he has been to our SUM Bible College campus. He has been around Nancy and I, various places around the country, and he has poured his life into us and many others. So today, as we get ready to welcome Pastor Gary Grogan, I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet and bless the Lord for this mighty man of God as he comes, Pastor Grogan! Let's hear it for Pastor Joe. All right, give somebody a great big hug and a kiss and you can be seated. Maybe you better not give them a kiss. Unless you're married, okay? Hey, it's great to be with you. <clears throat> Had a great morning this morning at Chicago Outreach. Had about 25 students, Holy Spirit baptized. Down on the south side across from Inglewood, had a great, great time. And uh, just honor you, Pastor Joe and Nancy, and love you, and you're doing a great job, and your passion for the Lord is what we all love. That's what we all love. And uh, I called Nancy's dad, Jim. <laughs> it's been a long time, Peter, since I've seen you, since the wedding, I think, maybe, and what a glorious wedding that was. And I want to uh, honor the Koltoff family here tonight. Christian's mom and dad are here. And uh, why don't you wave at us? They're up visiting from Urbana. Uh, they have been care pastors with us. And uh, I think we call it section leaders now or something like that. And, you know, you have to always embrace new wineskins. Things are always changing in a growing ministry and a growing family. 
in a growing church. So you don't get stuck doing things the same way with the same labels. You have to be willing to change the names, change even the personnel, change the times, all of that. And if you do that, you can serve more different kinds of meals and more different kinds of people can eat at your table. Again, it's just a thrill to be with you. I love Chicago. I had the privilege of kicking off the Chicago outreach way back in the Stone Age where most of you were just a thought in the mind of God. In 1983, uh, we kicked off the Chicago Outreach with David Wilkerson. Many of you have heard of him. We did it for 10 years. We planted 38 churches. Only about six of those churches survived, but that's six that survived. Uh, not all of them were in Chicago proper. Some of them were right outside of the city limits in a few of the first ring suburbs. But I came here every month for five, year, or for five years every month from 1 to 15 days. And then for the next five years, I came here about every other month. So I can really get my way around Chicago. I don't need a phone. We used to use maps, and we used to remember. And uh, my wife got nervous today. She said, how do you know where you're going? I said, I don't know. I just do. <laughs> I did make one wrong turn. I did not ask for directions either because I am a man. <laughs> now... I am really happy for all of you who have come to the Lord in the last few years and the Lord has set you free from drugs and alcohol and theft and God knows what all you did. You don't, I don't need to know what all you did. And God has absolutely turned your life around. Amen? But I also want to encourage those of you who are growing up with Christian parents. Did your parents come to the Lord when you were a little child, Nancy? And so... Oh, before you were born. So you were raised in the faith. You were raised in the church. So our testimony is 1 Peter 1.5. We've been kept by the power of God. I never slept with a woman until my honeymoon night. I've never put drugs in my system other than aspirin and ibuprofen. Thank God for ibuprofen. I rode my bike a couple years ago from uh, Peoria, Illinois to Urbana, Illinois, 119 miles. And I'm not as young as you are. I like that little thing in your hair right there. That is really cool. I like that. That is really nice. So for you to ride 119 miles is no big deal, but we raised $30,000 to plant a multicultural church in uh, Peoria, Illinois. And boy, I tell you, I'm so grateful for ibuprofen. But I've never been drunk other than on the Holy Ghost. And I just want you to know I, I've never turned my back on the Lord. I've done things that I'm ashamed of. I've said things that I'm ashamed of. But I've never willfully walked away from God. I love Him. I serve Him. How could I turn my back on Him when I realize what He did for me on the cross of Calvary? It's a wonderful thing to serve Jesus. You don't get mad at God. You get mad at the devil. You don't get mad at Christian people. You get mad at the world system. God is good and God's people are good. And let's not blame God for what's going on in this world. It's the devil's fault and it's bad people's fault. There's two kinds of people in the world. There's good people and there's bad people. Doesn't matter what color their skin is. Doesn't matter what language they speak. Doesn't matter what their culture is. There's two kinds of people. Good people and bad people. And let's be good people for God. And let's do everything that he wants us to do. 
And so I've walked in freedom my whole life. The only thing I've been addicted to is the ministry. I've been addicted to the Word of God. I've been addicted to the love of God, the forgiveness of the sons, the Son, and I've been addicted to the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, this is what I want to talk to you about, is the freedom that Jesus Christ gives us. You don't have to live in bondage to this world system. It doesn't matter who's in power. It doesn't matter if a Democrat's in power, Republican's in power, nobody's in power. Truth is, God puts one up, and he puts one down, and he puts another one in. Doesn't really matter. Don't be putting your political views on Facebook. Do you think your political views on social media is going to change somebody's mind? It's just going to widen the gap. If you're a Christian, live like a Christian. Speak like a Christian. Talk like a Christian. Walk like a Christian. Let people see that Jesus Christ makes a difference. We don't just go to church and then live the rest of the week the way we want to live. We live for Jesus every single day. We love him. We serve him. And I just want to believe, I want to be foolish enough to believe that we're supposed to be here tonight. Man, oh man, Friday night in Chicago. This is awesome. And I don't know what that place is down the street that I passed up, but I saw a guy out there with a security guard shirt, and I have an idea that's not a good place right down the street. But this is a good place right here. All right, I want you to turn in your devices or in your Bible to John chapter 8. And I want to talk to you about the difference that Jesus makes in your past, in your present, and in your future. We're talking about real freedom. You got stars and stripes here on this Chicago for Jesus t-shirt. And that's the represents the real freedom that Jesus Christ gives. And how he gives us freedom from our past how he helps us in the present, and how he gives us freedom, even though if the economy tanks, if everything in society goes to hell in a handbasket, we are still people of hope. We are still people of faith. We are still people that have a future and a hope. And so some very familiar words, and I realize this is a youth meeting tonight. I should have wore my shorts like I did today, but... I knew some stuffy adults would be here tonight. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but I look forward to meeting with the leaders tomorrow. That's going to be a great time. That's what I really, truly like to do. So thank you for being here, and thank you, young people, for listening to this old guy. Incredible, profound statement in John chapter 8 that Jesus made. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you shall be what? Jesus said that we would really be free. And my question is, from what? What does Jesus Christ make us free from? What is it that he sets us free from? First of all, Jesus sets us free from the pain of, of our past. Everybody's been hurt. Everybody's been disappointed. Everybody has father issues because we are a fallen creation. Even if your father was a good father and a loving father and a caring father, we all have father issues. Perhaps you were abused by your father. You were neglected by your father. You were abused by a stepfather. Perhaps you were betrayed by a friend. 
by a business partner. They still owe you money to this day. We all have pain in our past, and this is why Jesus Christ came to set us free from the pain of yesterday. Here's what I've noticed worldwide. I've had the privilege of being in 83 countries of the world, not counting the United States. And everybody worldwide gets stuck in the past. And they hold on to hurts and they react to the past. And I've discovered from working with people in a lifetime, there's two kinds of things that people have a hard time getting over. Resentment and regret. Things that people have done to us, we resent it. And things that we've done to other people, we've hurt other people, we've ripped other people off, we've gossiped about other people, we've lied about other people, we've misrepresented other people, and we have this regret. It's like, God, I wish I could have been raised in the church. I wish I didn't have all this stuff to overcome. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Lord says, do not remember the former things. Forget about what has happened before. Do not think about the past. Instead, look at the new thing that I am going to do. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I would really like to do that. I would really like to be able to forget the past, but it's easier to say that than it is to do it. I really can't do it because it hurts so bad. What they did to me was so wrong, and it hurts so deeply, and I just can't let it go. And you're right, and that's why you need Jesus, and that's why I need Jesus. You're not the only person that's ever been abused in life. You're not the only person that's ever been lied about in life. I'm not minimizing your problems. You're not the only person that's ever been gossiped about, slandered about. You should try being a pastor. Everybody knows how to do it except those that are called and trained to do it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, but I'm preaching good right there. I have a pastor friend. He had a, a licensed plumber in his church who was a deacon. And this deacon gave this pastor friend of mine, who has a doctorate in theology, by the way, such a hard time and was just always telling him everything that he was doing wrong in the church. And one day my pastor friend, I can't believe he did this because he's not bold as a lion like Pastor Joe. He shows up on the job site where this union plumber is working in his boots and in his work clothes. And he walks up to the job site and he sets down his tools and he starts going to work. And his deacon plumber, who was causing incredible disunity in the church, comes up to him and goes, Pastor, what are you doing? And he had already been telling some of his workers, I don't think you're doing that right. I don't think you're doing that right. I, I, I think you're off-center there drilling those holes in those wall studs. I don't think the pipe's going to fit through there. I don't think you're fitting that PZ." PVC pipe together right I don't think you're sealing it right he had already done this and the owner the deacon plumber uh, uh, union plumber comes up to him and says pastor what in the world are you doing you don't know what you're talking about 
You haven't been trained to do this. That was all my pastor friend needed. And he lit in to that deacon. He's not at that church anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> people hold on to hurts, resentment over the way people have hurt them, regret over the way they've hurt other people or themselves. And this is why Jesus came to set us free from those hurts, to set us free from those resentments, and set us free from those regrets. Hallelujah. It's why you need the supernatural power of God. You need God's love. You need a baptism of God's love. You need a baptism of His love in your heart because you'll never get past your past until God is really working in your life. You'll never get past your past until you open up your mind and open up your life and open up your heart to Almighty God and His incredible love and incredible forgiveness and incredible power. He's got the power to change human life. I was talking to a university student. He said, well, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. I said, that's okay. He believes in you. And we were sitting in the student union. He said, why don't you get the hell out of here? I said, that's what I came to do. <laughs> and then he said, oh, go to hell. And I said, they won't let me in. I'm a born-again Christian. <laughs> and I asked him, I asked him, I said, have you ever, he said, well, I, I, I'm an atheist. He said, although I'm studying Buddhism. I said, have you ever heard of anybody testify and say Buddha's changed their life? Honestly, he said, no, I haven't. I've traveled in many countries in the Muslim world, and I've never heard one person say to me, Muhammad changed my life. I've never heard one person in Asia say, Confucius changed my life. But I have heard thousands, tens upon thousands of people who have said, Jesus Christ changed my life. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus has come. He's come to set us free from the pain of our past. People always wonder, where's God when we hurt? He's right there. He's with us. Where was God when my stepfather, my uncle, my grandfather abused me? He was right there. He was weeping. He was grieving with you. He's close to us when we're hurt, but we have to be plugged into him because he's not a distant God. We just have to be plugged in. There's so many people, they feel like Humpty Dumpty. You fall off the wall and nothing could put me back together again. But that's wrong because God sent Jesus to give us freedom and freedom from the pain of our past. You ever heard of a lady named Corey Ten Boom? There's a book about her called The Hiding Place. Did you ever hear of an evangelist called Billy Graham? He published, my father came to Jesus a month and a half before he died watching Billy Graham on television. We net, knelt at the couch in our living room and my father gave his life to Jesus. It's an amazing story. He was out of a coma for three days, gave his life to Jesus. While he was in and out of that coma before, he would see lions and talk about fire and, 
and, and, and then he gives his life to Jesus. He goes back into the coma, and he would talk about angels, and he'd say, do you hear him singing? And I went to check on him on a Sunday morning, and he was gone with a smile on his face. I'm telling you, God's real. His power is real. He really answers prayer. But you got to be plugged into him. Billy Graham published the book that was written about Corey Ten Boom called The Hiding Place and, and made a movie about her life. She was a Dutch person up in the Netherlands. Her and her family were Jewish sympathizers, and they were hiding Jewish people in their home, hiding them from the Nazis. They had made partitions in their home, and as you walked in, it looked like, well, this was the living room, but actually there were people living back there, and they were shipping them underground to countries of freedom. Finally, the Nazis discovered the people coming and going at night, and not only were all the Jewish people taken to Nazi concentration camps, which I've been to some in Poland, I've been to Treblinka, I've been to, uh, 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 what's the big one there in the very middle? Krakow, I've been to that one, Auschwitz, I've been to that one. It's just systematic killing of human beings. It just makes you sick. I left with a headache. I thought I was going to dictate my thoughts. I thought I was going to take pictures, but where I saw thousands of people murdered every single day systematically, I couldn't even think straight when I came out of Auschwitz the first time. Corey Tin Boom and her family was arrested by the Nazis too sent to a concentration camp. As they went to the train cars, her mother and father went one way, never saw them again. Her and her sister went another way, and her sister was a really good-looking woman. And the guards at this concentration camp where these women were publicly stripped and exposed and humiliated and starved to death and overworked and were malnourished, they would abuse her sister, very attractive woman. She died, especially at the hands of one abusive, vile prison guard in that concentration camp. Corey Tin Boom miraculously was set free, and she truly gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she began to travel with the Billy Graham organization, and she began to talk about how Jesus makes a difference in our lives and how Jesus sets us free from the pain of our past. And she was in a little church in Germany after the war, and she was preaching with her thick Dutch accent. I got to hear her speak in St. Paul, Minnesota one time. And she was talking about how Jesus sets us free. He sets us free from the pain of our past. No matter what we've been through, no matter what somebody said about us, no matter how somebody's cheated us, no matter how somebody's hurt us, this is why God sent Jesus to set us free from the pain of our past. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus died on the cross. And she noticed this great big man, German man in the back of that little church. She noticed something very strange. He never watched her the whole time she spoke. His head was down. And afterwards, she was praying with people just like we're going to do tonight. And She was visiting with people after the service. And all of a sudden, this great big bulk of a man was standing before that little Dutch lady. And he said to her, Corey, do you really believe Jesus could forgive me in my past? And she realized who it was. It was the worst of the worst of the prison guards 
at that concentration camp who was responsible for the death of her own sister and who abused many, many women. And he stood there with his head down, unable to make eye contact with this little bitty short woman, full of the love of God. And she said in a split second, she hated him with everything you could hate another human being with. And in a split second, she said, Jesus, help me. And in another split second, she loved him with everything you could love another human being with. And she embraced him and led him to Jesus Christ. And he wept his way to forgiveness from his past. If you have been irresponsible and you've not taken, you, you've born children out of wedlock and you're not taking care of them, if you didn't take care of your first marriage and you feel guilty about it, I'm here to tell you this is why Jesus Christ came. He came to give you freedom from those past hurts. Somebody needs this tonight. I can't get off of this point. Some of you got scars left over from the past. There's no future in the past. You cannot live in the past. If you keep thinking about the past and dwelling upon the past, you will forfeit your fantastic future. The greatest person next to Jesus Christ in your New Testament is Saul of Tarsus, and he was a mass murderer. Some Bible commentators say he was responsible for the death of about 3,000 Christians. At least he imprisoned. And he, there were many that were killed because of this man's fervor against Jesus. And he said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press towards the mark, the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second, Jesus also wants to set you free from the pressures of today. You, you know, you, you grow up here in Chicago. You don't realize the grace of God that's on you. It took me 52 minutes to drive 8.1 miles. I can drive that in four minutes where I live. <laughs> 52 minutes. Here's what I know about pressure. When it's on, you need two things. You need strength and stability. And, and God offers both of them to us. Isaiah 40, 28 and 29. New Living Translation. God never grows faint or weary. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. In other words, he gives power to those who are weak. And he increases strength. This is what God says. I want to give you power when you are worn out. I think the reason that people are tired all the time, I mean, I meet 15-year-old teenagers. I got more energy than they got. I can ride a bike farther than they can ride. I can pray longer than they can pray. I can read my Bible long. They're just all worn out. They can't listen to a sermon for 15 minutes. They have media addiction. You ought to do a retreat sometime and take a media. You ought to take a media fast. I do it once a year. I'll do it again in July. I'll take a media fast. I can't wait. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to put a picture of me drinking a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I'm at Starbucks having a cup of coffee, okay? Like you're the only person in the world that ever goes to Starbucks and have a cup of coffee. I'm just razzing you a little bit. God designed you to have a relationship with him, to be plugged into him, and to get power from him. 
When I first got a laptop computer, and I like technology. I'm a baby boomer that likes technology. And when I got my first laptop computer, you know, the battery started going down, so I had the cord. And I'd work on it a little bit. It shut down. I'm like, what? And I would reboot it. And I'd work on it a little bit, and it would shut down. I'm like, what? what's the deal here? Work on it. It would shut down. And all of a sudden, I realized the cord was not plugged into the power source. <laughs> Duh. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. They get worn out with church. They get worn out helping in the youth ministry, helping with the children. They get worn out doing what's right. They get worn out tithing. Well, it doesn't work. Yes, it does. It does work. You will be tried. You will be tested. But I'm here to tell you it absolutely does work. I proved it over and over again. We shut down when our battery gets drained. We emotionally, physically, spiritually shut down when our battery gets drained. But when we build our lives on the person of Jesus Christ and we truly make him the center of our lives, then we can handle anything. And that's the truth. You can handle anything that life throws at you because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. One more thing. Jesus not only set you free from the pain of your past, from the pain of yesterday, and the pressures of today, but Jesus Christ wants to set you free from being so negative and so pessimistic about tomorrow. There's a lot of pessimistic, negative people out there. Just read their blogs. Americans, we complain too much. We got it made. We got sound system. We got PowerPoint. We got air conditioning. We got it. Have you ever been to another country? Huh? You're going to someday. You're going to go on a mission trip, dude. Send me a letter and I'll send you your first hundred bucks. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> because he was paying attention. That's why he got a hundred bucks. We have so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. People have lost faith in so many things. When you get down to it, most people are discouraged about personal issues. People lose hope when they face situations that need to change, but they just, just don't change. You, change a, you, you pray about a, a raise. You pray about a better job. You pray about living in a better place. You pray about better relationships, and they never seem to change. And because of that, we lose hope. And another reason we lose hope and become negative and pessimistic is when we don't know the purpose that God made us for. And the Bible is abundantly clear that we were created for a purpose and a reason. And the sad thing is so many people go through life and they never discover their purpose and their reason. And that purpose is not what you do. It's who you have relationship with. The reason God allowed you to be born and the reason God's kept you alive, some of you should be dead by now. You were shot, you were stabbed, you were in a car crash, you were hit by a vehicle. Some of you, you OD'd and they, you, you're, you flatlined at the hospital and they brought you back to life. And your reason is not so much what you do. 
I don't care if it's marketplace or church ministry. You're all a minister in God's eyes. You can reach somebody I can't reach. You can talk to somebody I can't talk to. You can relate to somebody I cannot relate to. We are all ministers of Almighty God. The Bible says so. We are a kingdom of priests. You don't have to go to a man and ask him to pray for you. You can go straight to God. And you can pray to him and ask him to forgive you. You don't have to have somebody else minister for you. You can minister yourself. I don't have to lead your mom and dad to Jesus. You can lead your mom and dad to Jesus. I don't have to lead your son or daughter to Jesus. You can lead your son or daughter to Jesus. I don't have to lead your classmate and your work associate. God has you as a minister exactly where you're supposed to be. But you will only understand that when you understand the purpose for which God allowed you to be born and the purpose for which God has kept you alive is so that you can be in relationship with Him. Some churches, all they stop at is salvation. It's like every time you go to church, they got a 20-minute sermon and a 40-minute altar call. I used to get saved every week just so the preacher would shut up. That's the kind of church I was raised in. He'd preach for 20 minutes, and then he'd crank up the organ, and he'd sing a song, and he'd tell a terrible story and scare, scare Hades right out of us. Sheol and Gehenna and all that. And there'd be times it's like, I just want to go home. Okay, I'm going to raise my hand. I did. I'm telling you the truth. I probably got saved 457 times. I don't know. It was just to get the preacher to shut up. Anybody want to raise their hand tonight? These guys right down here in the front row want to raise their hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just about being saved. Of course we want you to be saved. It's about having a relationship with God. That's what it's all about. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Jesus loves you. Do you love him? He believes in you. Do you believe in him? He has a will for your life. Will you do his will? That's the purpose God put us on the earth. God's thinking about us. He's thinking about our good future. He's thinking about our plans, the plans that are filled with hope. And we all have to have hope to cope. You can live without food for 40 days. Don't want to try it. Three days without water. Don't want to try that either. Eight minutes without air. I tried that when I was a kid. Passed out swimming in the swimming pool. But you cannot live one second without hope. The moment you lose hope, you're no longer living. You're just existing. And that's when you get pessimistic. And that's when you get negative. Wow. This is the fourth generation I've ministered to. I can't believe at my age, I still get asked to speak to youth groups. I feel sorry for you guys. I used to be cool. You used to be able to understand me. But the change that I've seen in my life, Pete, the change that we've seen in our lives, when we were kids, there were no felt tip pins. There were no sticky notes. There were no iPads. 
gay meant being happy. There were no satellite disks. There were no laptops. There was no internet. There was no Instagram. I mean, on I'm, the change that I've seen in my lifetime, and it just seems like everything's up in the air. And we need what one guy calls islands of stability. I'm almost done. Please listen. We need things in our lives that, that, that never change. Emotional and spiritual anchors. They hold us down when everything else is flying apart. we got to have spiritual anchors. I had two pastors die on me within a month and a half. You talk about everything flying apart. And I had a crazy person come up to me in the lobby of the church after I buried my second pastor who said, you know why you lost two pastors? Because you and their wives didn't have enough faith. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. I wanted to lay hands on him suddenly and break his nose. I didn't, but I thought about it. And I said to one of my deacons, would you take this man out to his car, and if he comes back on the church property, have him arrested for trespass. And then I had to go preach again and comfort the people who had lost their 47-year-old worship pastor. And I went back in the office, and I bawled like a baby. you got to have stuff that holds you down when everything's flying apart. Psalms 125, verse 1, the Old Living Bible, those who trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstances. Any circumstance. Here's what I know. Jesus Christ has a gift for you. It's freedom. It's real freedom. It's freedom from the pain of your past. Bury it. Put a stake in it. Cover it up with a lot of dirt. He gives you freedom from the pressures of today, no matter what you go through. And he gives you freedom from being pessimistic about tomorrow. We used to sing an old song. Soy feliz, Cristo me salvó. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. And that's what he does. He sets us free from the pain of yesterday, from the pressures of today, and from being so stinking pessimistic about tomorrow. Hey, will you stand with me? Man, you guys are, I'm going to have a blast on Sunday, man. You're going to, you are going to pull the preach out of me on Sunday. Wow. I can tell you're used to good preaching here. Uh, somebody want to come back up or you want to play music or something like that, and then we're just going to have a time of ministry together. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Really, really appreciate it. I'm going to take a drink of this. That was a dry sermon. <laughs> Let's hear it for Pastor Nan Nancy. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bow our heads. Let's worship the Lord a little bit. Hallelujah. Give me a little bit higher key, a little bit higher key. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Can we just lift our hands? Lift our heads. Lift our voices. If you have a prayer language, could you just use that prayer language and sing to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name. 
Freedom, Lord, freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord, freedom, Lord, freedom, Lord. We want your freedom, Jesus. We want your freedom, Jesus. We want your freedom, Lord. We want your freedom, Lord. Just tell the Lord right now out loud, Lord, I want your freedom. I want your freedom. I want the grace to be able to live with the pain of my past. I do not want to be held back by my past. We've all made mistakes. We've all done wrong things. We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. We've all done things that we're ashamed of and we repent. But we don't want to be held back by those things. We do not want to be held back from healthy relationships, wholesome relationships. We do not want to be held back from being the men and the women that God's called us to be. Oh, we want your freedom, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Can we just praise him out loud one more time? Jesus, freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord. Hallelujah. If you have some things from your past that are holding you back, I know this is normally a youth meeting, but humble yourself. If you're an adult in this place, a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, whatever you are, you were invited to this meeting tonight. You're like, what in the world? Why did I come here tonight? I thought this is a youth meeting. I'm glad those days are over. God, by His grace, helps us not to remember what it was like being in junior high. Thank you, Jesus. The diary of a wimpy kid. Hallelujah. If you got some things in your past that are holding you back, just get down here right now. We're going to pray. You got some things you know they're holding, it's holding you back. Just come on down, stand right down here. Hallelujah. You got some things in your past that's just holding you back. Just humble yourself right now before the Lord. And just stand before the Lord. If you want to kneel, that's fine. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Lord, we don't want to be held back. I feel like there's somebody else you need to respond. You need to come. You're not walking in the fullness that God has for you. You're not walking in the fruitfulness that God has for you. And we don't want to be held back by these chains just like we saw in that skit tonight. Lord, we thank you whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, we thank you that we've been set free by you, by the power of your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. All those things are as a distant memory. They do not have to come into effect in current relationships. They do not have to determine how we handle current relationships. It's all in the past. Old things have passed away. All things have become new in the name of Jesus. We're new cre creations in Christ. We haven't been whitewashed. We've been created new. Something that never before exists now exists. It doesn't matter the negative words that have been spoken over us. It doesn't matter what other people have said about us. Jesus Christ cancels all that negativity. 
Jesus Christ gives us freedom to pursue Him, freedom to pursue His will in our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We're not going to let the past hold us back. No future in the past. No future in the past. No future in the past. Freedom from condemnation. No condo bondo. In the name of Jesus. Free, 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 free. Free, free. Free from insecurity. Free from second guessing ourselves. Free, free. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for the boldness that comes with freedom. Thank you with the opportunities that come with freedom in the name of Jesus. The opportunities that come with freedom in the name of Jesus. the Lord if there's anybody here and you just need to give your life to Jesus just go ahead right now and say Jesus I I open up my heart to you I open up my mind to you I open up my life to you Lord Jesus Christ I ask you to come in I ask you to forgive me my sins I ask you to make all things new I ask you to erase my past Lord I surrender my will to you I surrender my past, my present, my future to you Jesus, I believe. I believe I choose to follow you. I choose to make you Lord tonight. I choose on this Friday night to give my life to Jesus Christ and do God's will. If that's you, just say that kind of prayer and just open up your life right now to the Lord. Maybe you've drifted away from the Lord. You just right now say, Lord, I accept your freedom. I accept your freedom tonight, Jesus. I accept your freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not done praying yet. Where well, the Spirit of the Lord Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. There is free. 